I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, Gearheads. It's John Massingill sitting in the studio in Austin with Les Kaiser in studio and Bob Varsha over Zoom, the Styrian Grand Prix in Austria. And Max Verstappen wins by a whopping 36 seconds over Lewis Hamilton. That's like getting there tomorrow. <laughs> well, it's it, a long stretch. It was pretty funny the way Verstappen crossed the finish line and basically stopped the car and did a burnout uh, before Hamilton could even come around. Oh, you would have done the same. <laughs> yeah. Come that, on now. You've now been that does smoking sound it like up me. and donuts. Yeah. <laughs> that does sound like me. Well, Bob Varsha, uh, before we came on the air, I was asking you about this. And you said, yeah, of course, that's he did win by 36 seconds. But it's a little deceiving, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the point the announcers made during the race that uh, last year, Red Bull lost or Lewis won by almost 14 seconds. Uh, this year, he was in position to lose by 14 seconds to uh, Max Verstappen, but they did pull him in and, and slap some tires on and, and let him go out successfully to pick up the championship point for fast lap, which I frankly didn't think he was going to get. Um, so it's a hmm. little bit deceiving, but hey, let's not beat around the bush. I mean, this was a, a trip to the woodshed for everybody. Once again, reaffirming that Red Bull has really got it going on. I thought Perez was going to get Botas for third on the podium, which would have made my pre-race prediction accurate. <laughs> Um, in fact, the television was predicting that he was going to catch him, but it just never happened for reasons of traffic or whatever, but, uh, a fun race, you know, it's, it's almost dizzying how fast this race goes along around this very quick, but very short racetrack. And, uh, my wife was watching the race with me and marveling at the beautiful, uh, Alpine scenery of, uh, of the Styria region, um, which is quite valid. It's a beautiful place, wonderful place to race. And uh, so next week we'll do it all again on a different set of tires. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we should go and maybe you should take your wife. There you go. <laughs> well, hey. I would love to. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? i tell you what. So 36 seconds. Think about what we talked about so much that was unique with this course, how short it is. 36 seconds mm -hmm. is half a lap yeah. this week. Yeah, that is significant. And you think about the traffic that is then commingled into that lap in such a dense, yep. uh, dense area that that is something else. And I think that's what kept the race exciting. And from being a snooze fest, uh, you know, it may have seemed that there wasn't a lot happening, but you look at how close each other, uh, how close so many of the pairings were to each other as they migrated through that course. I, I enjoyed that a lot. A lot of uh, in the turn passing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get a little bent out of shape with those people who say, oh, it was a snooze fest. I mean, I thought that was a, a pretty darn exciting race, as I thought last week's in France was. We didn't have quite as much passing, but but it was a really tense situation, seeing if, um, if Max Verstappen, who had switched pit stop strategies, could run down Lewis, and he did. Um, similar situation here, Perez trying to run down Botas, and he couldn't on pressure tires. So it's you know, it, I guess it depends on what you want from your racing. But, I mean, I could watch this kind of stuff all the time. Maybe it's because I've been involved with Formula One for so long. But but I thought it was a, you know, it was a really cool race. And and when you know a little bit about the, 
the situation among the teams and drivers, and you, you watch how their races play out. Your heart had to be broken for Pierre Gasly, oh, who ran hurt. into a number with four different cars in the first couple of corners and wound up sitting in the garage. And then George Russell, who had such great qualifying for Williams, and his car failed him. You saw during Russell's pit stop, the uh, they were trying to put compressed air into one of the side pods. So I suspect his pneumatic valve system and the engine failed him. They had a leak or something. Time will tell. But uh, but that was tough, too, because it would have been a great thing for Williams if he could have finished anywhere near the points. So, you know, interesting day. Ferrari did not fall off a cliff like they did a week ago in France. Uh, good runs for Charles Leclerc, who had a big charge late in the race. Um, and Carlos Sainz had a good one as well. Uh, decent race for McLaren, although uh, Lando Norris didn't produce quite the way we hoped he would uh, during the race. I, I think there's a lot to talk about this show, and I thought it was a good race. Well, you're right on Latifi's side pod. He actually did collect a piece out of that early melee, uh, went into it, and that's what they removed from the, the uh, side pod, and that's what inflicted the damage in that area. Uh, in George Williams? Mm-hmm. Williams, yes. Yeah, yeah. And you're right, Bob. Russell. You know, it's it's funny. We talk. There was a little chatter on on Twitter and stuff about the the race not being the most exciting. But if you if you're a true fan, there's so much going on to to pay attention to and to to root for and all that. So I, I agree with you on that. And and um, and so I mean, I, I don't really get that sometimes. Yes, I've said the same thing. In France last weekend, that was a fantastic race. Right. So I, I, yeah. there's plenty of action. Yeah, I get my panties in a wad about this sort of, <laughs> oh, it's a boring race. If you're a true fan, if you're following the sport, if you know the, you know the ebb and flow of what's going on during the week, not just on the race weekend, and then you watch practice and qualifying and you see how it all plays out and, and what the stories are. And then, you know, the race is the, the denouement to the whole thing. And, you know, that's, that's part of being a Formula One fan. That's why we love Grand Prix racing. Uh, but let's talk about, let me just run down. So Max Verstappen won the race, Lewis Hamilton behind him, then Valtteri Botas in a battle right to the end of the race with Sergio Perez, who's in fourth. Lando Norris, who started third, ended up in fifth. Then the Ferraris, sixth and seventh. Carlos Sainz in sixth, Charles Leclerc in seventh. So a good day for Ferrari, I would say. Then Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso in ninth in the points. Yuki Tsunoda in the points. Then Kimi Raikkonen, Sebastian Vettel. Daniel Ricciardo, Esteban Ocon, Antonio Giovinazzi, Mick Schumacher, Nicholas Atifi, and Nikita Mazaspin, and then George Russell and Pierre Gassi, of course, who didn't finish the race as we talked about. But um, so, Bob, let's talk about, you know, we touched on everybody, but what about the Ferrari cars? You know, Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc, they got to be happy with six and seven today, right? Uh, I think they'd be over the moon with six and seven, as we talked about in the pre-race show. Carlos Sainz basically said, this is a test for us, not so much of a race. We need to find out what our problem is with the car. Granted, you know, France was a very much different circuit last week uh, where they where they had such a horrible weekend. But um, yeah, here, I, I think whatever they've done to the car or whether it's the track or the weather conditions or whatever it was, I think this was a good day for Ferrari considering. Les, what do you think about... Um... Alonso and you know behind the Ferraris we had Lance Stroll, Fernando Alonso, Yuki Tsunoda. That's a nice little little gathering right there. Absolutely. You know, for one, Alonso's been showing well, and that is one of the things that I like. I want to see him get back in. I want to see him in a in a front run again. His uh, qualifying has been good. I'm good with what's happening. I feel like he's getting on his horse, as we say around here, and uh, you know he's going to show well. As long as everybody else keeps things together. <laughs> Alonso's race puts his teammates in stark contrast. I mean, poor Esteban Ocon didn't qualify well, started 17th, finished 14th. I mean, this is a guy who just signed a new, was it five-year contract? I think three-year three year contract, three, whatever. Three year, yeah. yeah, three years, which is long by Formula One yeah. standards. The Alpine team is still high on this kid. Uh, but, boy, oh, boy, today he was just just – nowhere near which is uh has got to be very frustrating for him and i wonder what the problem was because alonzo you know the wild veteran and two-time world champion was able to uh secure a points finish on the day all right well let's go to some callers because we've got some new callers let's start 
with Paul. He is, let's see, where is Paul? Paul is driving on I-65. Hey, Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. Where are you? I'm driving back to Florida from uh, North Georgia. Well, by your accent, you, you, sound, you sound like you're not from Florida. No, I'm from uh, Worcestershire, right in the middle of England, about 100 miles northwest of London. But I've been living out here about 30 years. So that's how you say that? It's Worcestershire sauce? Worcestershire. Worcester sauce, yeah. Worcester is the city. Worcestershire is the county. So, yeah, okay. Worcester sauce. There you go. We finally, finally solved that. I've yeah, wondered that for decades. You know, our, our own local Brit, we call him Jonathan Green, could not explain it so well. Thank you. <laughs> hey, so, Paul, what did you think of the race today? It's great. I enjoyed the race. Um, I watch a lot of Sky Sports, so they do a lot of pit talk and all that, you know, explains all the races. I think people who just turn on a Sunday to watch the race, it can be a little bit boring, I understand, but it's like when I came over here with uh, American football, I didn't understand it. But the more you learn about it, the more interesting it comes. I think it's probably the same with Formula One. If you watch all the qualifying and the practice and all the, the math things that are going on, it becomes a lot more interesting. You know, I love that because, you know, we're often using American football as kind of our benchmark as we look at other things. I think it's great to hear somebody that came and had the same challenges that so many Americans have with the Formula One uh, sport. So, Paul, what is your impression of what's happening with Formula One here in the United States now? I'm excited about it. I, hope, I think it's getting more popular. I'm actually uh, going to the Austin races, and they were saying it was nearly sold out. So I think there's a lot of interest in it. And uh, I think with the teams and like Aston Martin and Lance Stroll, and they're using it as a platform to promote their things. So I think there's good things happening. And in the drivers, I listened to the interview, your young driver to have a good American driver would be great in the sport, I think, too, to get more interest. Yeah, no doubt. That, <laughs> to me, that's one of the keys for it. Uh, well, Paul, thank you for calling in. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Enjoyed your show. Thank you. Right, that's great. That's great. Okay. Now, see, I like that. British guy says he likes the show. <laughs> and it's not Jonathan or any of his relatives. Yeah. Well, we got a couple other people holding. We have uh, we have Josh in Rhode Island. Hey, Josh. Welcome to Speed City. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Good. What did you think of the race today? Uh, we're in the car driving. We listened to it. It seemed not super, super exciting, but... Uh... We, we felt bad for George. We always liked the underdog, and today we thought it was going to be his day to get points and uh, more bad luck for the guy, so a little heartbroken for George. But Max still seems to be uh, really got a great car this year. Yeah, no doubt Max has got a fast car. Um, are, you, are you a big F1 fan? Do you, do you follow real closely? Do you listen to or watch all the races? We do, yeah. During quarantine, we started watching uh, Drive to Survive, and my wife, believe it or not, she's even more diehard, but everybody's Instagram feed to, you know, we watch all the qualifying. All right. Uh, uh, we've only heard her as wife, and we've only heard him as son. <laughs> wife, who's your driver? <laughs> oh, that's that's a really hard call. I mean, I love Lewis, right? How could we not? Um but Gasly's my guy. I just, like, I think he's great. I think he's having a great season. Today was awful for him, and I, he was looking so good and qualifying. So if I had to choose one, I'd probably go with Gasly or uh, Lando, too. But if I have to choose one, right, I can only, I can only choose one. Gasly's, Gas, Gasly's my driver. All right. All right. Well, how about Sun? Who is Sun cheering for? Who are you cheering for, Jules? Sorry, he's playing video games right now. Hold on. <laughs> he's on the simulator already. Future Formula One driver. Say it louder. Max Verstappen. All right. Max Verstappen. Max is number one. I like the dynamics of this family already. I got to tell you. I love this. Okay, okay, Dad. Who about who for you, Dad? Uh, I, I don't know why, but I really like Carlos and... I liked Max last year, but this year, now that he's less of an underdog, um, I'd say probably Carlos or <laughs> Pierre. We, we, yeah, that's what I'd say, Carlos or Pierre. Thank you all for calling very much, and th and appreciate you listening. Let's talk to uh, let's talk to Matt outside Philly. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how are you? We're good. We're new. Good. Great. How are you? Uh, it's amazing to me that a trucker that was from England. 
<laughs> driving in Georgia to Florida, people in Alabama, and now me in here in Philadelphia. And it's like, wow, what a great thing. Formula One is literally bringing the world closer together. Man, this is working because did you guys see the numbers on the ESPN television numbers last week? They were a million, uh, um, a million view, viewers watching this. Matt, are you a long-term fan or a new fan? So, um, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm, I've been a big race fan. I was big into NASCAR in college and uh, sort of just went away, did the working thing, and never really had time for racing. But um, through my uncle who lives down there in Dallas and my sister and brother-in-law that live in Austin, you know, they're all big race fans. And, um, you know, my uncle has always been a Ferrari guy. And so we sort of like, you know, developed back in and, you know, one day he, I guess it was about a year and a half ago, he sat me down and just like everybody else watching Drive to Survive and, and it's just like, wow, okay, all right, I'm back. And, uh, and so, you know, I mean, you follow along. I mean, uh, obviously uh, everybody has their favorites and I think that's what makes it great, the competition and you get to follow along the stories. It's sort of like, uh, you know, a true life reality show that, you know, has a lot more money involved. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks, Matt. Uh, that is cool. All right. Uh, you know, let's see. Go ahead, Bob. Um, I'll ask you guys, since you're there in Austin, um, about the story that Bobby Epstein, the CEO at Coda, is going to offer another 20,000 tickets uh, to uh, add to the pile they've already sold for the regularly scheduled U.S. Grand Prix. Uh, and then there's the issue of per potentially having another race, but uh, yep, it, you know it sounds like Austin is back in the swing of things with regard to embracing this Formula One visit every year. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right, Bob. So let's go ahead and take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll get to some more callers. We'll continue to break down the race, and you're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Back after these messages. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Winding Road Racing is your first and best choice for all the essentials for a great weekend at the track. We're racers, and we love helping racers. With a full selection of racing gear in stock, get geared up with all the safety equipment needed to meet all the latest Snell FIA and SFI regulations. Outfit your car with a comprehensive lineup of racing necessities, and when you need to find a few more tents, turn to data acquisition systems from AIM Sports, V-Box, and others. Austin-based with shops in California, Georgia, and Kentucky. The source for all your racing needs. Winding Road Racing. WindingRoadRacing.com. Austin's Talk, 1370. Hello, 
I'm Jenny Gow from BBC F1. You are listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I love it that we're lighting up the phone all over the United States with Formula One fans. This is just a dream come true for us. The fact that the numbers are up, the callers are up. In fact, let's go to another caller. Let's uh, let's talk to David, another Alabama caller. David in Alabama. David, welcome to the show. What did you think of the race today? Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Great. Hey, good. It was a good race. You know, some people said it was boring, but I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, Max has got a handle on, on this year. It's going to be tough. I think it's going to be his to lose this year. Are you um, a longtime fan or a new fan? I am a long-term fan. I go back to uh, Michael Schumacher years. Nice. When he was racing all that time. And, and I, I enjoy the history. I enjoy the direction that the sport is heading. I think the drive to survive has definitely catapulted this sport into a different area where people didn't recognize it or see it before. And uh, like I said, I've, I've followed the history of it. Um, I go back to, you know, Nicky Lauder, um, fantastic racer. And I definitely encourage anyone that has not seen the movie Rush to go see it. Great movie. Um, Absolutely. It, it is a fantastic movie. Um, but, yeah, I enjoyed the, the race. Really disappointing and and Haas right now. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just – where do you point the finger? Where do you go? I know funding is not funding is the biggest issue, and it seems to be just repeated time and time again. And and the team principal Gunther is he promises things year after year, but it doesn't change. And you know, following from the states, you know, we want to root for that team because that's our team. You know, Gene Hawes has put a lot of money and a lot of time into that, and. Not to have the results. I mean, the Bob, how would you reply? How would you reply to, to David in Alabama? How would you reply to him about the Haas F1 team? Well, how I, I, I agree reply to him. No, I was thinking, Bob Varsha, I was asking him how he would reply to you. Well, you know, I, I, I agree with everything he's saying, and I think it starts at the top. Um, and that's Gene Haas himself and Gunther Steiner. Uh, they need leadership. They need, uh, yeah, funding helps, but money isn't everything. It's what you spend your money on. And, and I think there's an interesting parallel between Gene Haas's NASCAR operation with Stuart Haas Racing and his Formula One team. Gene is, uh, has, has broken new ground when it comes to creating a team by buying essentially off-the-shelf equipment. You know, his, his driveline comes from Ferrari. The, the, the car is built by Dallara. It's, uh, they're moving away from that. But, you know, when you, when you, you buy off-the-shelf stuff, you're no better than anybody else. Uh, and the same is true uh, with his NASCAR operation. Yeah, you can buy all the equipment you want from Hendrick Motorsports, <laughs> but you're not getting the same stuff that Hendrick is getting. And so, uh, you know, you're kind of you're putting yourself in a hole unless you've got some really outstanding engineering talent and um, out-of-the-box thinkers and R&D programs with the resources to turn them into parts that actually give you lap time in the race car. And, um, you know, I think we talked about Drive to Survive, the Netflix show that has been so successful showing us behind the scenes of Formula One and particularly behind the scenes at Haas. And uh, and I think time and again, as we watch Gunther Steiner, our old friend Gunther, you know, ruining the fact that another race weekend has produced another back of the pack effort. And now he's got to call Gene Haas on the phone and he's got to try to explain what we're doing and how we're going to get better and all that sort of thing. I really don't envy him that position, but by the same token, I think maybe, you know, there are things that he can do um, that aren't getting done right now. I mean, I remember a race when, when he still had Magnuson and Grosjean driving for him and they were having trouble. So they decided to go to a race with their latest setup on the car and their season opening Australia setup on the car and Gunther said, you know, get in him and drive. He didn't say, here's what I want out of you. I want, don't touch anybody else. Certainly don't touch each other. Uh, this is a test for us. I need laps. We need information. We need data. You know, he, but he, he wasn't in their faces saying, you know, here's what you've got to do. It was sort of, you guys figure it out. And he walked out the door. And I mm. thought, well, that's yeah. not leadership. 
And, you know, it's look at all the really successful teams. Hendrick is one. Uh, Penske Motorsport is another one. You know, there's a reason those guys are where they are. And it's because they take charge and steer the ship. Well, you know, Bob, I think you're really on point there. I mean, very much so. You got to have a leader. And, you know, in talking to David here, it sounds like a smart guy. He knows this sport. I'm a little concerned because he may wear crimson instead of burnt orange. (laughs) But when you go back to leadership, I think of Joe Gibbs racing and uh, how successful they've been. And and so, you know, I I just got to say, David, can you give Nick Saban a call and see what he's up to? (laughs) Yeah, we we, they need it. And, you know, I just want to add to that. I I agree. And I think you're hitting on all the right points. And, And he's definitely funny for commentary on drafts and some bias, but he's not a leader. And, and I'm sorry, when he put the driver, Nick just came out and the information came out with his feet not being in the correct position of that car and they didn't know. It's the little details like that that make a difference. Exactly. Th- that did occur to me too. It's like, well, wait a minute. Uh, how could his seat not be right? I mean, this is Formula One where thousands of a second matter in a race and well, thousands comfort. of a millimeter matter in a car. You know, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, one of the things that came up, but it still goes back to exactly that point, is uh, Mick is not symmetrical. And they didn't get into the details, but but I get it. I mean, you know, some people, their leg is a little different, their hip is a little different left to right, things like that. But still, that seat is such a huge part yeah. of yeah. his connection to the car. In, in every way for it not to be right. And then, you know, then you got Sebastian Vettel. They were talking, and Sebastian came up with one idea was break the seat. Break the seat. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> break the seat. Well, there's another, there's a great example. Gunter Steiner was asked about it. He said, well, first of all, I didn't know about it. Okay. Uh, and secondly, he said, you know, Mick can have a new seat whenever he wants one. What? No. Mick gets a new seat because he needs a new seat. He needs it right now. You don't have to wait for him to put his hand in the air and have, say, please, sir, can I have another seat? And, you know, it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I totally agree. David in Alabama, thank you for calling. We appreciate it. And let's go to the next caller. We have Thomas. And I can't see where you are, Thomas. Thomas, what? Uh, Thomas, you're in Illinois, it looks like. Yeah. Yes, I live in Huntsville, Alabama. Well, all these callers from Alabama, you're the third. I'm not caller. complaining here. <laughs> That's, it's the new hotbed of Formula One. Listen, listen, <laughs> I am not from Alabama. I moved to Alabama. And there's a running joke between my son-in-law and me. We say that uh, NASCAR is their god in Alabama. But I cannot say uh, Formula One too loud. I'll be right out of town. <laughs> uh, anyway, I went... When my daughter had the twins, uh, I went to visit her and her husband, and I had my twin grandsons, uh, one in each arm, watching Formula One at six months old. And today they watch Formula One together. Awesome. As a parent of twins, thank you for helping. (laughs) (laughs) And I have another grandson that's into Formula One. He likes it too. So um, I I want to be that cool, Granddad. Yeah, I enjoyed the race today. I, um, of course, I listened to it on Sirius XM, but I try to watch it whenever I can live. And uh, I've been following Formula One since 2006 when I came back from Germany. Oh, awesome. Well, Thomas, thank you. We appreciate your input, and we thank you very much for listening. And, um, and be safe out there on the road. But let's go ahead and go to, we've got a couple more callers. We've got, uh, we've got Larry and Telluride. Welcome to the show, Larry. Hey, good morning. Long time fan. I was uh, lucky enough to live in Europe in the 70s and then uh, Saudi Arabia in the 80s when uh, they were supporting the Williams team. So, And the closest I've ever got to actually going to a race was 96 in Buenos Aires. But that that fell through. But let me tell you a quick story. I was bartending up on the ski area here in Telluride. A lady walks in. She goes, I own the such and such NASCAR team. I said, that's nice, but 800 left turns isn't racing. If you got money, how come you're not in Formula One? And she said, I got money, but not that kind of money. So uh, I, I think with putting putting the new uh, budget constraints on the teams, it's going to level the playing field. And I, I don't have a favorite team right now. I'm probably rooting for Aston because Haas is so bad. And uh, Stroll is really getting behind it. And I've always been a a fan of the Aston cars to begin with. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, if they can, and they, 
if you guys can pull off two two uh, races at at Coda this year, that'd be awesome. Oh but, man, uh, that's what we're really hoping for, Larry. If we can, be, we just found out that MotoGP has rescheduled. They're going to be October third, and then of course we have got the USGP on October twenty fourth. But if we can squeeze in another Formula One race, our October is going to be about as good as you could possibly hope for here in Austin. I, I have a I uh, I moved a friend of mine uh, that I know from Telluride. Moved, I I helped her move to, first to Dripping Springs, and she's in Austin. But I asked her, "Can I come down and and stand stay?" She goes, "Man, it is nuts! It is so nuts that my friends take helicopters. There is so so the, the so many people want to go to that race." <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I think the key to getting Americans more involved in the sport is we have to, we have to develop carding yeah. because, in, in, you know, in, until the kids learn, learn carding and then that progresses in, you know, in, in into the F3, the F2, and, unless I'm mistaken, there is not a citizen of the United States that, that holds a, a, a current F1 license. And that's disgusting. That's probably true. Off. I wish Jonathan yeah. were on the show. Jonathan's not yeah. on the show because he, he's our uh, young driver expert, and I know he keeps track of every American with super license points. Well, Santino. I, I, I looked it up the other day, and I think 16 was the last year that there was an American with a valid license, and, and now the, the only active person is um, this kid, Jonathan, that was on the show earlier, this, the 16-year-old that's in the F3. Jack Crawford, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's four Americans. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, for, for a country of, of over 300 million people, mm-hmm. to, to, to not have anybody at, at, at that level, I mean, and, and I think it comes down to not having carding. You know, I, I had a go-kart when I, when I was a kid, and I mean, I'm blasting 40 miles an hour down a dirt road in South Dakota, you know, and, and, and thought it was just the greatest thing, you know. And then my brother ran into the house and the go-kart went away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Well, I, I think what we need to make this really happen is we need what I said in the pre-show, and that is we need an American driver. If we have an American driver, the kids are going to start going, wow, this is cool. How do I do this? And then we can point them to karting, point them to the ladder system, you know, whether it's. Do they, do they need to go recruit out of NASCAR? I mean, Kyle Larson is not a big guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, and it's all, it's all a power to weight ratio, you know, I mean, I, if you cut me in half, I, I was still, I'm still too big, you know? So, and, uh, you know, and, and I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see why, you know, guys like Ricardo, I mean, he's tall and thin, but I mean, he's a big guy. I'm, uh, you know, I'm also a fan of horse racing, you know, you need jockeys, you know? Yeah, it's true. It's true, Larry. You're right. I mean, we knew there, there's a lot of things we need to do and we, uh, we're working on all of that. So, Larry, thanks for calling. We appreciate you listening as well. And we've got we got another caller. Let's go ahead and go to Mike. We've got just a couple of minutes. But, Mike, welcome back to Speed City. It says, repeat caller. How's it going? How are you guys this morning? Oh, oh pretty good. I recognize that, Mike. That's Corvette Mike. Hey, how are you? Out here from North L.A. I'm taking the day off. I watched the race. It was kind of, to me, it, it got interesting. But the two points I wanted to make up that uh, as we're speaking on, Formula One. It's more than just watching the race, as Mr. Parsha has explained, and I think he should put on a new show, you know, F1 101. It's the team thing. It's not about the driver each, you know, who's going to win. It's the team is first and foremost. And then there was a few weeks ago, you guys were talking about uh, the scheduling and all those things for Formula One, and uh, my real enjoyment was waking up early on Sunday morning with the children still in bed, me, the dog, a cup of coffee, and watching Formula One. I just enjoyed that so much. Yeah, I think there's a lot of lot of moms and dads that can try to do the same thing. They can relate to that. But, uh, well, Mike, hey, thanks, buddy. We appreciate you calling. we got to get to the break. And um, let's go ahead and do that now. When we come back, we'll continue. we got some more stories. I, I've got some clips that I want to play. we got some clips from Bobby Epstein because he was on not too long ago. And so, and maybe one about the salary cap from Mark Gallagher, who was on the show last year. All right, you listen to Speed City live from Austin back after this break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. When you're looking for traditional Tex-Mex, look no further than an Austin favorite. One in a million. Serving original family recipes since 1980 and located just minutes from downtown at 2300 East Cesar Chavez, one in a million has your Tex-Mex fix every day of the week from 7 a.m. to 3 p.m. Breakfast is served all day. Homemade migas, enchiladas, and menudo. And try the Don Juan taco. Some say it's big enough to feed a family of four. One in a million. Online at oneinamillion.com. Hi, I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Austin's Talk 1370. Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, Bob Varsha, you made a comment during the break about you wanted to reply to, uh, to Larry up and tell you right about American drivers. What was your comment on that? Well, you know, he, he, he makes a good point about having an American driver in the series. And the, and the thing everybody has to understand, and it's not an excuse, is that here in the United States, as the British would say, we are spoiled for choice. You know, a young driver has so many avenues. They can go, you know, short track racing, they can go dirt racing, they can ride the NASCAR, they can hope for IndyCar. You know, so to tell a kid like Jack Crawford, okay, you're going to have to go over as a teenager Nobody wants a guy who's passed his 20th birthday as a rookie in Formula One. Uh, and you're going to have to go live on your own. You're going to have to learn the racetracks. You're going to have to learn your opponents. you got to have to learn how the whole thing works. And that's a big ask when you can stay here in the States and, and make good money and you know have fun racing and sleep in your own bed at night and all that kind of thing. The list of American drivers who have stuck a toe in the water of Formula One in testing, guys like Jeff Gordon and Rick Mears and Ellinger Jr. and on and on and on. You know, there were chances out there, um, but, you know, they just chose to stay here, tied by a golden chain, as it were. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to take more than just, you know, a kid with the motivation to go. It, there's got to be some kind of system in place to help them go if we really want to see a kid over there. I mean, I look at ACUS. Um, you know, the authorities, the sanctioning bodies here in the mm -hmm. United States. If we want an American presence, then we've got to find a way to help these kids get over there. Red Bull is nice, but that's one program, and it's uh, it's pretty full right now. You know, I heard Jeff Gordon speaking this week uh, about his experience in that F1 car swap uh, way back when, and he talked mm -hmm. about it was such a huge 
jump from anything else he had driven. And he goes, yeah. when you consider what has happened since that time with Formula One cars, and he goes, I didn't think I would have been competitive at that time. And that's why he really didn't go any further is it quite honestly kind of scared him. And uh, he said, you know, in the cars that advanced so far, he goes, there's nothing that's really going to take an American driver from one of our existing series and put him into F1. They need to come up in that track towards F1 because it's such a big jump from IndyCar to F1. Coming from F1 to IndyCar, he felt like was considerably easier or um, much more appropriate. So I, I was well, surprised to hear him say that much. Yeah, well, F1, like in its own way, IndyCar and, uh, and NASCAR, the Cup Series, you know, it's not a finishing school. It's not something you jump into because you want to be a racing driver. You know, you have to have the skills and the experience and the, and the knowledge. It's, um, you know, it's a, it's a big, big ask to, uh, to get someone over there. And it takes help. Well, right now, there's such an opportunity. Let me get out the phone number again real quick before I make that comment. It's 512-643-5483 if you want to call and comment on this or anything else in Formula One. But that right now, there is an incredible opportunity for an American driver. But I think there's a caveat. And the opportunity is, is that they could literally change the way the Americans view this sport. It's because if we had an American driver that they could the whole the whole sport could grow because of that but i think the caveat is they have to be winning they can't just jump on the Haas F1 team and ride around the back and and then change the sport i think if they were winning races or at least competing for wins if they were on the podium with a chance to win and you know we've seen some unlikely wins in the last what was it uh gasly yeah. uh last year and so you know if if you had an american driver winning races or at least competing for races that can make a difference but if you had a driver an american driver on a red bull or mercedes or or mclaren or someone that's going to win some races that's to me the big carrot that you could dangle in front of one of these drivers like colton herta right but the timing all has to be just right colton herta coming up you know would would his name was brought up a bunch last year by Gunther Steiner and others, right, in F1. But the timing has to be right. The seat has to be there. The silly season musical chairs has to be just right. There's all those factors. So it's not an easy task. And I think once you get that, you're going to get the dominoes falling and you're going to see advertisers, sponsorships, uh, things like that really come through. You know, you'll you'll see more Formula One content uh, just available in, in every format, I think, will be part of it. Yeah, there, there's so well, much to this. Go ahead, Bob. Well, on the subject of, of young American drivers, I was just looking for the relics. The, the, the W Series, the all-female racing series that David Coulthard is behind, um, raced for the first time this weekend with Formula One in Austria. And Sabre Cook, young American engineering mm -hmm. graduate, uh, she finished 15th out of 18. So it wasn't a great weekend for her, but she's out there doing what we're talking about here. She's racing on these tracks, you know, with these other women who all dream of being Formula One drivers. And it was kind of a significant weekend. Alice Powell of Great Britain won the race over her compatriot, a girl named Sarah Moore, who is openly LGBTQ. Mm -hmm. So her being on the podium was a first for that series and may for maybe for motorsports entirely. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was a pretty cool historical note today. But congratulations to Sabre Cook, who's who's living the dream over there. Yeah, and I want everybody to follow those, be, follow the W Series, because they're going to be coming to Austin, actually. They're going to be part of the series here, part of the weekend sure. here at the USGP. So that'll be fun to watch. And um, they had, it was, it, like you said, Bob, the, uh, the, the race was, um, oh, what'd you say? Who, who's the winner of the race? I'm sorry, I drew a blank there. The W Series race? Yes. Is Alice Powell. Alice Powell, that's right. And she won the race. But uh, but there's been there's some really interesting drivers in that series. So we'll, you know, we'll continue to follow it as well. But um but let's see what else we got on our on our agenda today because uh Les, you had some things in our document here you want to talk about. There's absolutely uh, uh, there were a couple of things that came up that I wanted to talk about and that is the sprint qualifying races uh, that have been you know pretty topical pretty polarizing to be honest of whether <laughs> you like the idea of a 20 or 30 minute race on saturday 
to set the grid for Sunday's race. Well, if, if you haven't heard what this is, it's a 20 to 30 minute race. Uh, everybody's going to be out there going and the finishing order sets the grid for Sunday. What's good about it? More race time, more you know, hot lap, more hot sessions. Uh, it's going to require a different strategy than the, the long form race on Sunday. So that's, mm -hmm. that's that. Uh, some folks are like, well, you know, th does that drive up the cost of operations for the race teams? It could. Absolutely. And that could definitely come into play mm -hmm. more items there. Is there something that could be different? Well, there's a million conversations out there about what could be different, but this is what it is. I'm excited yeah. because I want to see this in person here in Austin at Circuit of the Americas. And uh, like I said, right now, mm -hmm. it's a very strong consideration. Yeah, which it might happen. Uh, what I like about it is that Formula One's willing to try it. That yeah. Formula, let's try, try this. something. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> let, let's just let's see if it works, and if it, you know, if it draws more of a crowd in. Because let's face it, there's so much competition for content, and I mean NASCAR's got this problem in a big way with their four-hour races, right? Formula One, you know that you're going to be able to get in and out of qualifying in an hour, and you're going to get in and out of a race in less than two hours, and uh, but but maybe you don't even have that. Maybe you think, well, I'll watch the race on Saturday. I, I can't watch it on Sunday, but maybe I'll watch it on Saturday. You might get a viewer that might not watch qualifying, but might watch a sprint race. What do you think, Bob? Well, uh, let's hit it on the, on, the, on the head in terms of the extra budget it's going to require for the teams. And they were unwilling to do this until a settlement was reached and the teams are going to get hundreds of thousands of extra dollars to do this Saturday uh, qualifying race kind of thing. I'm in favor of it. I think it's a, it's a great thing to try. Um, I suppose the TV companies had to weigh in on the whole thing. And of course, Pirelli providing tires, the tire rules will make your head explode. <laughs> I tried to master them, but I'm not going to open my mouth until I think I have. Um, yeah, it's going to be different. Um, and it's going to uh, kind of change the nature of the weekend uh, in terms of the tension and the preparation. Uh, God forbid you bend your race car. You know, what happens to the park for May rules? What if my car gets broken on Saturday? What can I do to it to be ready on Sunday? They're talking about reverse grids, which uh, is a, another whole kettle of fish. So, you know, it's interesting. But I agree that the fact that Formula One is willing to try to make this uh, even more entertaining for the fans, get more cars on track over the course of the weekend, I think is a good thing. And, of course, the first two races where they're going to do the sprint races are confirmed. And that's Silverstone on uh, July 18th, 16th, 18th, that weekend. And then Monza is being used in September. But I'm reading an article on uh, Racer.com where the third venue is unconfirmed. But it's it had looked to be likely Brazil, but Racer Magazine understands that Austin could also be selected. So you're right, Les. Let's Yahoo. cross our fingers and we'll see. We'll take it. Yeah, right. absolutely. Um, would that be cool? I mean, part of history in a way. Well, we were also one of the first tracks to see the test of the virtual safety car. Yeah, that's true. And Going way so, back. So, uh, you know, I think there's right. something about the engineering of Coda that plays out well for them to test and collect data and experience it. Mm -hmm. Let's go ahead and take our last break of the show. And when we come back, we'll continue to do that. And we'll also, I am going to play a couple of those clips we've got set up. So you listen to Speed City Live from Austin back after these messages. Motivation USA, catering to the sport bike enthusiast looking for truly unique parts and accessories. Stand out from the crowd. Motivation is the exclusive North American distributor for SC Project MotoGP inspired exhausts and the largest Rizoma retailer in the United States. Get the best parts from around the world at the best prices with fast shipping and a knowledgeable staff ready to help. Shop online 24-7 at MotivationUSA.com. That's MotivationUSA.com. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner and order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. 
Hi, this is Jay Leno from JayLeno'sGarage.com, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. We got to see Max Verstappen extend his championship lead at his home circuit at the Styrian Grand Prix in Austria. We talked earlier in the show about Bobby Epstein. We had Bobby on the show a few weeks ago, and we talked. It was right when the news came out that we might get a second race here in Austin. And uh, we asked him a question that I want to play this clip. What do you got, Les? Hey, just in case you don't know Bobby Epstein, Bobby Epstein is uh, really the co-founder and CEO of the Circuit of the Americas. And so uh, this is somebody in the know. It's not just (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Bobby Epstein, chairman and, and founder, chairman and CEO of Circuit of the Americas. And uh, this clip that I want to play from Bobby is what the difference between the USGP and if we do get the second race, what that would be. Possibility. Yeah, the possibility. Let's hear from Bobby. We wouldn't want to do anything that compromises the incredible event that the United States Grand Prix is and the, the planning for which starts, you know, way more than a year in advance. So I think if we did have another another weekend, I don't see it being quite the same uh sort of show and and have the same schedule and i don't know about support races i mean it's really early to to talk about that but but certainly it's tough i can't see it being the u.s grand prix type event yeah and that makes sense right and uh i want to play one more clip from bobby epstein on uh that's talking about because when we talked about the second race there was the the discussion of maybe indy hosting the race. And then, of course, we this natural discussion leads to Miami about how the Miami race next year and how that affects COTA and how that all affects this. So let's let's hear from Bobby Epstein on that. Well, I think, I think it'd be fine. Uh, I know the teams have expressed concern about Indianapolis being hard to do in October. Their first frost, mm. I think, is on average October 10th or 11th. We could probably Google that. Uh, it's very... But I, I think that's one of the concerns that, that they'd have about going to Indy in October. But, you know, I think Miami is going to be super complimentary to what we're doing. Uh, and I think Indianapolis could be the same. It just has to find the right spot on the calendar. So I, I know that's, that's one of the factors that has to be weighed. And then when you try and do back-to-back-to-back weeks, as we know, the strain mm-hmm. on the teams and, and the employees that move around with this, it's, a, it's asking a lot. And I think we have Mexico right after us. Yeah, he's right about that. Mexico is right after us. Mm-hmm. And, man, wouldn't that make for a uh, a nice European trip for somebody? They fly over to Austin in, uh, for, and, and come watch the MotoGP race October 3rd, watch a couple of Formula 1 races, and then go to Mexico. Then take that, take that month-long wow. American vacation. Uh, Bob Varsha, I want to ask you about next week. We're coming back to Austria. So what's the difference? Well, it's going to be interesting with this back-to-back races at the same track again this year to see how teams react. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, listening to Lewis Hamilton's post-race interview, he seemed so depressed <laughs> about, you know, what can we do? Last year, we dominated this race. This year, you know, we couldn't touch Max Verstappen in the Red Bull. So it's going to be interesting to see what happened. And keep in mind, they are going to use different tire compounds uh, they will go one step softer, uh, which will be interesting in terms of the impact it has on strategies and so forth. And they're also, on a busy schedule, going to be testing a new rear tire that Pirelli hopes to use at the following race at Silverstone, where they had tire problems in recent seasons, just to avoid that circumferential sidewall tire failure that afflicted um, Lance Stroll, and Max Verstappen in Baku, Azerbaijan. So, you know, there's going to be a lot going on next week. And I'll also be interested to see what kind of crowd they get and, uh, you know, how the whole situation unfolds with these back-to-back things as perhaps a model for what I personally think is going to be a series of these back-to-back races in the future. Because we talked about Mexico. Is that on the Great Britain red list, the countries that for uh, pandemic reasons, uh, the British government doesn't want their citizens going. And of course, Britain is the dominant citizenry of Formula One. Um, Brazil could very well be off. Japan, Australia. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there could be holes in the schedule. And if they're going to get to 23 races, as Formula One says, they want to. 
um, you know, we're going to have to get creative, I'm convinced, in the later parts of this year. That's a really oh, good point. Unless we forget. Yes. The other news story this week was that the Russian Grand Prix is going to move from Sochi um, after 2022. They're going to race there this year and next. And then 2023, it's going to a brand new Herman Tilke designed uh, purpose-built racetrack outside of St. Petersburg, Russia, beginning in 2023. So they have that to look forward to. Oh, I thought that was coming to Florida, St. Petersburg. Dang it. Oh, come on. No, that, that's that's actually huge news, really. An, another purpose-built yeah. circuit. <clears throat> well, and the yeah. Tilke ones are always interesting. I mean, I haven't heard who the uh, the true architect or whatever you want to call it. Like, you know, we've got... Uh, Schwantz. Oh, you mean the original back of the napkin architect? Yeah, yeah, the barroom napkin. I haven't heard anything on that. Schwantz and, of course, Tavo, Tavo. Helmond. Yeah. But, Austinite, uh, Tavo Helmond. Yeah. Tilke uh, being part of it, you know, it's going to be great. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of folks have argued against is Tilke is very much a modern style. There's, you know, the older tracks have tighter runoff and different curves, and, and there's just a personality to them. So I hope they have listened to those critics and they'll they'll kind of bring in a little bit of that. Hey, I want to go back to something you said, Bob, about Hamilton. Did you guys hear, we tried to find this team radio, but, uh, but it's not up where we can grab it, but where Hamilton came on the radio and basically they were talking about the, the, the gaps and everything. And Hamilton just sounded totally lost. He said, what should I do? I mean, and the team really yeah. wasn't giving him clear instruction. Well, yeah, they, they, I mean, he was almost flabbergasted when they said something about eight seconds. And he said, I don't understand. What's eight seconds about? And he said, that's the gap to Max. And he said, as you pointed out, he said, what can I do? Hey, Lewis, welcome back to reality. <laughs> yeah, race like the rest of us. you're stuck. <laughs> He's never, he's like, well, I, I don't know. I don't understand. You mean I can't win the race? There's no way for me to win. He, he couldn't get that through his head that there was no way for him to, to win the race. Your first loser. <laughs> uh, hey, I also wrote in my notes uh, about Hamilton. How about that where he came this close to spinning? On lap 25, he almost yeah. lost it right in the middle of the race. Yeah, it was pretty cool. My but, wife was next to me. I said, watch his hands, watch his hands. He put full lock as he went over the uh, the curbs. Yeah, that was that, that was a moment. Yeah, full lock, which means he didn't have any more to give, and he was able to save that car. That yeah. I mean, that was that was pretty close. Yeah. Um, what else? I have my notes. Oh, did you guys see the 2.0 pit stop for Red Bull, of course? That Verstappen mm -hmm. had on lap 31. Yeah. So that was great. A lot of pit stop problems in that race, too. You yeah, know, good the, point. Had a problem. Uh, who, um, somebody else had trouble getting wheels off. Uh, Botas had a little trouble getting the left rear off, as I recall. Uh, Perez had about a four second stop with a, with a bulky wheel, which is why Botas was able to jump him on the pit stop rotation. Uh, and Paris was really never able to get it back despite stopping for fresh tires. I keep thinking about all the contributions of having a such a short lap to that. To me, that's pressure and tension in the pit and, you know, the, the fumbles that you just described. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, it even, uh, well, so here's something uh, that I recognized was lap six. There was a blue flag out at lap six. I, I saw that. I saw you notice it. I mean, yeah, Mr. And, blue flag. Yeah. And I mean, I, that is really something to see at that early in a race. And, yeah. uh, you know, gosh, did we ever have a yellow flag? I don't think we ever had yellow. I don't think we had any flags, did we? No, no yellows. Mm -mm. Yeah. Wow. So think about that, how short that lap was, how mm -hmm. congested things were, yet it was accomplished without any flags even in that melee at the beginning of it and so uh and that was to me that was very impressive yeah mm -hmm. uh let's see what else oh, we had a couple people tweet us we love it when you guys tweet us or facebook at us during the show because we monitor all of those uh william ricker said enjoying the post ratio on xm after oh he he was syncing up he synced up xm with uh with the television so that's cool he was doing that 
Uh, Amanda tweeted at us, said, love chatting with you on the show after the race. Thanks for putting us on the air. Joshua is still smiling. I think that was the kid in the back seat who was playing video games. Uh, So thanks. He looked up from his video games. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure it was a simulator. Come on now. Hopefully it was the F1 game. I installed that on a PC, got all ready this season, and I just haven't had time to even mess with it. I got got a PC all built with a a left uh, a hand-me-down GPU from my son that's pretty decent, got it all set up and didn't get to use it. Okay, well, but wait, you got a car lift. Nobody has sympathy, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you also got a car lift. I'll be putting the Porsche on the car lift this afternoon, yeah, and baby. and a Porsche. <laughs> First world problems, dude. First world problems. All right, everybody, we are out of time. Please go to our website, speedcitybroadcast.com, because we've got links to our YouTube account. All these shows go up on our YouTube. They go up as podcasts. They go up on Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Thanks, Bob Varsha. Thanks, Les Kaiser. Thanks to all the callers, our guest, Jack Crawford. And we'll talk to you next Sunday. Ciao, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.